Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning. Let's check. I'm not muted. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Good. Brilliant. So, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I feel very blessed to be here with you all today, and I'm really looking forward to what God is wanting to uh, speak to us about this morning. So this week has been a very busy week for me, and that has meant that for this talk, I haven't had as much time as I usually would to prepare, which means I've had to trust God with what he is um, asking me to speak on, and I'm doing this completely in his strength, um, because that's the only way to do it at the moment. Um, so um, I want to say to you, God, this morning, you have control uh, please lead the words that are coming out of my mouth today, Lord. Let them be your words, not my own. Let me share what is right, not what is wrong. And if you want to go in a different direction, please lead me. <laughs> so to begin with, um, when I was asking what it is uh, that he wanted to say through me this morning, I had this recurring theme of repentance, um, which in all honesty, I kept challenging him on because um, he's been talking to me very much about this um, at uh, the last couple of months. And in January, I went on a weekend away with KLM. KLM is Kingdom Living Ministries. Uh, they are a group of passionate people um, who want to pursue God, and they run an online and in-person course, um, helping people to move in the spirits, um, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit more, and hearing from God. And on this weekend away, the theme was encountering the Father's heart. And God challenged my view on what I thought repentance was. And I thought, oh, God's spoken to me about that. It's done. Like, we can move on to the next thing. But every time I kept going, God, what do you want me to talk on? He was saying, repentance, repentance, repentance. I was like, no, it can't be. And then he didn't give me anything else. So I finally relented and I went, okay, God, I repent that I haven't been listening to you, and I'll, I will move forward. So this morning, we're going to be uh, talking about having a repentant heart and choosing to live in the freedom that he has given us. As always, whenever I'm dealing with a topic, I like to understand the meaning of the words in an earthly sense and in the biblical sense as well. So when I looked up the definition of to repent in the Oxford Dictionary, it tells me it's about feeling and showing you are sorry for doing something bad or something wrong. And this is quite a basic definition. And if we're thinking about it in relation to God, then we need to go deeper. So I looked at the definition um, of repentance or to repent um, in the context of the New Testament. And this, it gave the definition to change one's mind or purpose. And in all instances, it refers to changing for the better, and it relates to sin. So to summarize from this point, repentance is saying sorry for what you have done, showing you are sorry, so it's about the actions that you, you take, it relates to sin, and repentance will make things better. We're going to go deeper, so don't worry. Sometimes when we think of repentance in the context of being a Christian, a picture can come to mind of a person coming, sometimes coming to the front of church or um, in a seat, and they are weeping or they are dealing with this big, perceived, massive sin. 
that is separating them from the love of God. They can have this view that for this sin to be dealt with, um, maybe we may need to make a big show about it or it needs to be this big, massive thing for it to be dealt with and over. They want to show God how sorry they are, how much pain and suffering this sin has caused. And they want to show God, I want to turn away from this and walk the other direction with him. Some people think repentance needs to be this big, painful process. And what I've listed here, these are not bad things. And sometimes when we go through repentance, we do experience some of these elements. But it's not always the way. And that's what I want to slightly explore this morning. What uh, we're going to look at today is what is repentance in a Christian and biblical context that we can apply to our own lives and our own walks with God? Why should we repent and what does it mean for us whilst also looking at living in that freedom? So why do we need to repent in the first place? If you haven't heard the amazing news about what Jesus has done for all of us here this morning, then by the end of this morning, everyone's going to hear it. We can all agree that we live in a broken world where often people care more about themselves than others around them, where there is pain and suffering on a daily basis, where people desire things that aren't good for them, a world where people suffer from addiction and where they look for validation in all of the wrong places. Our world is broken because sin entered it, which is shown in the creation story. If you've not read it, Genesis 1 to 3. God made Adam and Eve as partners in the garden and in a perfect world where they could live with God um, and walk with him freely. This was God's intention for all of us, to have that perfect relationship with him. But God gave them one clear command. You may freely eat the fruits of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat it, you are sure to die. The enemy was not happy about this perfect relationship and fought to destroy it through manipulation, distrust, and he, he attacked that perfect relationship between man and God, and he also attacked the relationship between woman and man. Adam and Eve ate from this tree, and they realized they were naked. They felt shame. They had disobeyed God, and this perfect relationship was broken. God is sinless, he is holy, he is set apart, and sin had to be dealt with for us to be united again. No one in this room can say that they are sinless, but amazingly, God had a plan. He sent his son down as a baby into this world to live like us, to experience the challenges that we experience, and he remained sinless throughout this time. The religious leaders of the time were not happy and they did not believe that he was the son of the son of God and sent him to die on the cross. As Jesus was sinless, he paid the price for all of our sins. There has to be a judgment for the sins that are committed on this earth. And Jesus and God, because he loved us so much, he sent his son and he paid that price for every sin that has ever been committed and every sin that will ever be committed. 
if we choose to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can have that perfect relationship with him again. We can have an intimacy with him unlike any human relationship we can ever have. And we can walk in partnership with him through life. Finally, when they tried to kill him, death could not hold him. After three days, he rose again, and there are over 500 accounts of people seeing Jesus after his death. So this is the good news, and if you've never heard it before, um, please speak to someone um, at the end of the service, because we want to speak more, uh, more about this with you. Another layer to this all is repentance and turning our back on our sinful ways. I am so grateful, and I'm sure we all are, for Jesus dying on the cross to save us and to forgive our sins. But we also need to recognize our own role in this and acknowledge the personal sins that we have been committed. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. We must acknowledge the personal sins that we've been committing against God because they are against God, and we can sometimes forget this. We should not want them to be a part of us. We should want them to be taken away. Some Christians, including myself, can be guilty of wanting the benefits of being identified with Christ without actually admitting our own disobedience or turning away and stop and stop doing the sin. The key in all of this is confessing to the Father and repenting. And if the thought of confessing to um, God makes you feel worried at all, he already knows. But also, don't you think that the loving God that sent his son down to this earth to save us from our sins, he's going to come alongside you, he's going to comfort you, and he's going to guide you back to the right path. When we repent, God promises not only to cleanse us of our sins, but to bring a spiritual refreshment Repentance at first can seem painful as it is hard to deal with these sins when we've got into a pattern. But God will give us a better way. So how do we know that repentance or how do we know that repentance is so important? Firstly, John the Baptist spoke on repentance in preparation for the ministry and teachings of Jesus. This can be found in Matthew 3, Mark 1, and Luke 3. Then Jesus spoke on repentance. In Luke 13, it says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will perish. And then Peter spoke on repentance when Jesus was gone. If it was not that important, might be taught once and then move on. But instead, Jesus ensured that this would be taught after he was gone. And repentance is actually mentioned over 100 times in the Bible and 58 times in the New Testament. So how do we go about repenting? Before we look at what repentance is, we're going to look at what it's not. Conviction of sin is not repentance. Repentance includes conviction and being convicted by the Holy Spirit and God, but conviction without actions and response is not repentance. This is demonstrated uh, through Felix in Acts 24, 24 to 25, when he is convicted, but tell, he tells Paul to leave, and he will call for him at a later time. So he was having this conversation with Paul. He felt convicted by what was said, 
But like Hugh says, it's not the time now. I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing, maybe later on. It's also not... It's also not... Sorry, sorrow for sins is not repentance. It is possible to be sorry for the sins that you're taking part in and continue to do them. Being sorry about it is not enough. You have to repent and you have to respond. Hatred of sin is not repentance. When we decide to follow God, we despise what God despises and he hates sin. But hating sin is not enough if you're not going to react um, or act on it and change your ways. Promising to do better is not re repentance. Being sorry and promising um, to stop doing it um, is not enough. Unfortunately, we can get trapped in a cycle of sin where we think we've dealt with it, and it's not until we're doing it again that we go, I thought I dealt with it. And you, haven't re you didn't realize you hadn't repented and you hadn't turned away from it. It's also not turning from one sin is not repentance. Repentance is not giving up sin, the fruit. It's about dealing with the root of it. Why are you sinning in the first place? Does it come from a belief that you don't believe God will take care of you? Does it come from sinful pride? Does it come from wanting to be in control? So turning away from one sin and not dealing with the bigger issue is not repentance. So what is it? Repentance is a change of mind, an intellectual experience. It can change the way that you think about your actions. And true repentance can completely change your attitude to God, Jesus, sin, and even how you view yourself. It's a change of feeling, an emotional experience. It will change the way that you feel about God. It will change how you respond to other people. You may even have people coming up to you saying, I don't know what's different, but there is. Tell me about it. Repentance can lead to bursts of emotion um, as the sin is dealt with and you start to live in that freedom. It may be that a person who's never cried before in their life, when they, um, they repent, they suddenly are crying their eyes out because they have such joy. Repentance is a change of purpose, a change of will experience. We all have free will, but repentance can keep us focused on the desire to follow God's will and recognize the purpose that he has for our own life. Our purpose can change. It's also a change of conduct. Your morals change when you truly repent. You find the things that you used to be okay with doing, suddenly it's no longer comfortable. And you shock yourself with how much um, you want to change for God. So repentance is a change of mind, feeling, purpose, and conduct. Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, years, months, uh, days, maybe even hours. Um, but So repentance might not be a new concept to you, but either way, there is something that you can take, take from today. Unfortunately, sometimes when we've been Christians for so long, we can get into the rhythms of life um, and we can become guilty of living it and letting sin discreetly slip in because we haven't had our 
walls up, our protection, our Bible at the ready, knowing his truths. And if we're not letting the Holy Spirit in and convict us and show us the areas that we need to repent from and break free from. So how should we go about repenting? Now, this is one way and there are some really key points within it, but you can also find your own pattern. But this is just a suggestion. Number one, confess. This is really important. And this should be to God. But sometimes, if it's appropriate, it may mean sharing with others as well. The enemy can unfortunately use the sins of our past, all the sins that we're going through at the moment, as a way to lie to us, to manipulate us, and make us feel shame. He might say, they haven't done that. They won't understand. But it can, and it can become this great thing that defines us. But we have all sinned here. And we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want to stand with each other through, these, um, through this time of repentance. Okay? And we want to support each other. And we are not going to judge you at all. Um, and we, there's a bit of a an accountability as well. The act of confessing can bring freedom. Number two, we need to repent and turn away from our sins. Reject that sin and give it over to God. That's all right. <laughs> so uh, repent and turn away from sin. Reject that sin and give it over to God. You are bringing it before God because you can't deal with it. You have never been able to deal with sin. And that is the whole point. The only way to the Father is through the Son. And we're asking God to deal with it. Now, when I was on uh, this week in a way that I mentioned, um, and God was speaking to me about repentance and some areas of sin that I needed to, uh, I needed to give over to him, um, I thought this was going to be a sin that I was going to struggle with my whole life. And I was letting it define me. Um, and the people that I was there with, they challenged me. They was like, yes, you repent. You say sorry. You confess it, but you also give it over to God so that it is no longer a part of you. And they challenged me to just close my eyes and imagine that I was in the throne room of God. And if I challenged us all uh, to do that now, um, we'd all have a different picture in our mind because that's just the way that God speaks to us differently. And I was in this throne room and I confessed and I gave it over to God and I imagined I had this big, massive backpack, like massive, because to me, that's what it was. And I just put it in front of God and he almost flicked it away. It was like, it's gone. And then a few days later, um, uh, we met up, we meet on a Wednesday evening and I just got reminded of this and I thought, he said, it's no longer a part of you. Um, and that was just so powerful to me because repentance doesn't have to be this thing where you say sorry and then you're reminded of it and it's still a part of your identity. But actually, God deals with it and he's already dealt with it. Okay? And you can ask God what he wants to give to you instead. Okay? It might, you might, it might be that you feel that there's this gap when this sin is gone. 
And it may be a word. It may be a picture. It may be a statement that God wants to say to you um, and just feel and fill you. And it might be just a simple word of encouragement. And when repentance becomes a part of our life, it, it's not a one-time thing, but it's a, a regular thing that we should be checking in with God. These are some of the things that you need to consider when moving forward. You need to use the sin and learn from it and prevent it from, fall, from you falling into that same trap again. Be accountable to the people that you trust. So I said about finding appropriate people. You don't need to go around confessing to every single person, this is the sin that I'm struggling with at the moment, but find the people who are going to stand with you and you can be accountable with. Are you struggling with this at the moment? Yes. Okay, let's pray. Um, let's confess, repent, we're turning away from it. Repentance doesn't have to be hard, and, but it does need to be appropriate. You need to know the truth and what the Bible tells you. Just give me one moment. I'm going to take this off. There we go. It's just a bit uncomfortable on the ear. <laughs> Okay, and the second part of my talk that I want to focus on is living out the freedom that God has given us. And I think a big part of this involves repentance. So I'm going to read from Matthew 3, 1 to 11. In those days, John the Baptist came pre preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who... This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hairs and he made a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham, the axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And this is foretelling um, Jesus, Jesus' coming and his ministries. But here... Um, John is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who are religious people of the time and emphasizing to them that God looks beyond our words and our religious activities to see, our con to see if our conduct backs it up and what it backs up what we say. And he judges the actions that accompany them. This seems harsh, what I'm about to say, but God has no use for people who call themselves Christians but who live otherwise. 
If others can't see our faith in the way that we treat them, we may not be God's people at all. God has freed us from the power of sin. Whether you want to believe it or not, we were in shackles before. Slaves to sin and the enemy was our master. God has taken those chains off and we are free. But some people are choosing to leave those chains on. They are still living the sinful life. Nothing has changed for them or you can find yourself falling back into those sinful ways. And we need to ask ourselves why this has happened. God has not left us. His word has not changed. His truth has not changed. And we have still been forgiven. But have we been prioritizing God and our walk with him? Have we allowed, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and convict us of the areas that we need to repent from? Do you want to be convicted? I know that it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I know that. But maybe being a bad tree that God needs to cut down is worse. Ask yourself, what are your fruits? Can people see your fruits? If it's yes, then great. If it's no, are you going to do something about it? Are you going to repent and act? Turn away from those sinful ways? I also want to, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 15. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when I say I follow Paul and another, I follow, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned each his task. I planted the seeds, the seed, Apollo watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is, everything, is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's people. By the, God, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundations other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. This passage is so, so challenging because who wants to be judged and only just get in? No one. No one should want that and God doesn't want that for us. Not only did Jesus pay the price for our freedom, but he also paid the price for have, to have that intimate relationship with God so we can move into the gifts of the Spirit, so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
so we can go out and tell the people that we meet about this amazing Jesus who died for us, who saved us from our sins, who gave us this freedom. And I want us to really be honest with ourselves today about where we are with God. Is he your foundation? If everything else crumbles around you, do you still stand tall because you're standing on his name? Or do you know what this Bible verse is speaking about? Is it speaking directly to you? Or would you only just escape through the flames? Please don't leave today without responding if that is you. And I know there has been a lot, a lot that I've said today. And God, I'm, you, you it's, your, it's God's responsibility now to speak to you through it. Um, but I'm going to pray um, and then we'll have a time of worship. And I also want there to be a time of response. Um, I'll come into that. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, Lord, I want you to help us this morning. Show us the areas where we need to come with a repentant heart to you. Lord, I pray that you would convict us of the things um, that we need to say sorry for. I pray that you would show us how to turn away from our sinful ways. Lord, and I pray that you would, we would start to see more fruits in our lives as we follow you, as we live for you daily. Lord, help us and guide us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to have a time of worship now, but if... God is bringing up some things in you. He's stirring up some things in you that you think, I need to come to God and I need to repent about. Now, this might be just a personal thing between you and God, and that is fine. But maybe you want to, um, you want someone to stand with you as you go through that. There are so many people in the room who are happy to stand with you. Maybe you want to pray for there to be more fruits in your life. Maybe you want prayer for your foundation to be God. Maybe your foundations at the moment just feel a bit rocky. Maybe this is just your chance to get right with God. Make sure you are on the right path. And if you have never invited Jesus into your heart, then maybe today is that day. Do not leave today without getting prayer if there is something tugging at you going, you need to go forward because I know that feeling where I've left a service and I've gone, oh, I should have gone up. But if you're, if you're also not sure how to come up, get someone to bring someone to you. We would love to pray for you. So, yeah, I'm just going to be here, and there will, um, the elders and other people around would love to pray for you.